0: Steph Curry with the shot Been cooking with the sauce Chef Curry with the pot, boy Live from the 301 Live from the pot I want to welcome my audience to episode number 186 of Curry in the Pot I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry and I'm back to another episode, man And it's been a couple of weeks But I've just been observing I've just been peeping game I've just been watching, man It's a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about So now, I'm here to break it down and discuss it, man So the conference championship stage is set. We are down to the final four. And I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I thought at least two of these teams would be here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm gonna keep it honest, man. I definitely thought, you know, two of these teams could definitely be here. Um it's it's one team that's just not like the other, but they, they're having a hell of a run. But we're gonna we're gonna briefly recap the divisional we're gonna talk about and you know, do a little deep dive into the conference championship man and how i think these games are going to go and we also got some coaching hirings. we've had a couple of um a couple of vacancies filled including the chicago bears the new york giants and the broncos job has now been filled Uh, so we're going to talk about those in a minute and we're also going to discuss sean payton stepping down and parting ways with the saints talk a little nba uh we also just recently had the two-year anniversary of the passing of late great kobe bryant and his daughter Gigi, and a few others that were on that tragic helicopter crash and we're just going to get into it man it's been been a minute so hope you guys are just as happy as i am to deliver this and let's go so last weekend in the playoffs it was one for the books i know i was here a couple of weeks ago and me b jones and Bink were kind of here and it was like it was kind of like a whole entire playoff preview but we were really deep diving the wild card but we looking kind of good man we're looking kind of good as far as talking about the stuff that we discussed but last week man it was one for the books and I truly think like I know people say that all the time but now it was definitely one for the books man we had an instant classic game which was the final game of the play uh, of the divisional round we had so many games that could have went either way. We had a game that took a, a crazy turn in the San Francisco and Packers game. So let's briefly recap it, man. I know a lot of people have been talking about it, but I, I, I got to give my quick my quick spin on it. So the Bengals and the Titans game, I really thought like the Titans were in the Bengals Cinderella run. You know, they were they were the one seed. They had home field advantage. Um, they were able to get the Joe Burrow time after time. I, I was really lost. When Ryan Tannehill threw that interception, I was, it really threw me off because I'm like, bro, what, like, what's going on? But I now see that the Titans, I don't know. Why, I mean, I kind of saw it, but I guess I kind of ignored it. But they have a signal with Ryan Tannehill. They, they truly have one. He's not among the elite. He's probably, I think he's top half but he's not the quarterback that can put you over the top. He's just one of those guys that could kind of, you know, game manage and guide you there. And, and and that's that. But when it's time to make some some plays, you know, he has he has some difficulties. And we 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 saw glimpses of that in this game. Uh, for the Bengals though, they did win, but I am a little concerned that their offense has not been able to put up points. I know back in the regular season the last time they faced the Chiefs, they were able to, you know, Score 30 plus score 34 and edged them out but last couple of weeks their offense has kind of struggled kind of struggled just a little bit like i know i know they beat the raiders kind of decisively well at least that's how the score looks but um their offense struggled a bit in that second half you remember they didn't, they didn't even score a touchdown uh in the second half so They've been struggling a little bit, you know, more than people like to, you know, realize and admit, but they've been struggling a little bit. Um, but the Bengals do advance. Can't wait to talk about, you know, how I think their game's going to go against the Chiefs. Uh, then the Saturday night game, game I said, we had a wild turn, man. We had those 49ers and those Packers. And <laughs> I truly thought, listen, here's what I thought. I thought we were going to get a chiefs Packers Super Bowl or a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. Obviously, we cannot get a chiefs Packers Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers is once bounced out of the playoffs to the san francisco 49ers now he's he's routinely getting bounced out of the playoffs by jimmy garoppolo at one time colin kaepernick and i'm not saying that colin kaepernick wasn't nice but he was like nice for a hot minute it just (laughs) it's just not really making a ton of sense and now green bay they have a lot of things that they need to figure out um, you know, you got Devontae Adams coming off the bush. You got Aaron Rodgers, kind of this unwritten thing that they were gonna, you know, play out this year and then move on from him. Uh, you know, you got Jaire Alexander who needs to get paid next year. Um, They have a lot of forward thinking to do. They just lost their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he's gonna coach the Broncos. That's gonna be interesting. I know Matt Lafleur was the play caller, but <laughs> those plays he called were not good. <laughs> I know the weather. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, And I want to talk about this real quick. So, I know the special teams was bad. I know it. It, I saw it with my own eyes. The special teams was bad. You know, block field goal right before the half. Uh, We had the block punt. They they scooped and scored for a touchdown. I get that. And people want to bring up the elements. I understand that too. Yes, I put blame on the Packers special teams. That was horrendous. It was absolutely garbage. But people talk about the elements well Aaron Rodgers has been a Packer um you know uh, his whole career (laughs) his whole career and he's played in some you know difficulties as far as weather and I'm not I'm not trying to say like he can't use that as a crutch but come on I mean you're the Green Bay Packers you got the one tee and you couldn't manage to put up more than 10 points um in a divisional round at home in front of your home crowd at Lambeau it just doesn't make this doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, I know, you know, we had a block field goal, they would have put up at least thirteen. I I get that. I get that. But when you're at home, you know, that's your opportunity to put up some points in front of the home crowd. I know I just gave the Bengals a hard time, but they put up nine more points in the Packers. You know, you gotta you gotta bring it and you gotta do better. It just they scored the fewest points for any home team this past weekend, so I I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But we know what's next with Aaron Rodgers. I mentioned Nathaniel Hackett, his offensive coordinator, was hired by the Broncos. I don't know if, you know, I don't know about the relationship uh, Rodgers had with him, but you know, Broncos could be an intriguing fit. Um, I know a lot of people have mentioned Steelers. You know, Big Ben just retired. Um, we'll just have to see. Some people think that he'll be back in Green Bay, so we'll see. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. I, I personally can't call it. I, I don't know. I, but I would like to see Aaron Rodgers on a different team. Next game, we had the Sunday slate and we had the Rams and Buccaneers. And I was, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. I was, I was, I was, I was happy. I was extremely happy. Um, For one, we had the Rams beating the Buccaneers. But in case you don't know, my mom is a big time Rams fan. And I want to play the soundbite of her super, super happy after the Rams victory over the Buccaneers. Yes, so that's that was the sound of my household this past weekend, and it was cool to see. Um, obviously the game took an interesting turn in the second half. We had fumble after fumble for the Rams. We had the Buccaneers capitalizing on those fumbles. Uh, we saw missed field goals. It it was a lot to. What's the word I'm looking for? It was a lot to digest, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot going on, man. I'm not gonna lie, I'm scared. Had a bit of had a bit of change on the Rams last week on the plus three and on the money line. It was a little nerve wracking in the second half. I'm not going to lie, man. And I don't want to know how my mom would have sounded after the Rams lost because it's been liking the Rams. Tom Brady and his Patriots beat the Rams in two Super Bowls in my lifetime. So she would have been very, very unhappy. But I guess we'll never know. <laughs> like I said, uh, but, you know. That game was interesting, and the storylines after that game just, it makes you wonder, you know, Tom Brady, um, could will he be back? Will he be on a different team? I know people have even said that. I feel like he'll be back with the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers are probably going to have to make some changes. Um, I mean, I know they were kind of decimated with injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but Tom Brady still was able to work with, you know, that little bit of, of supporting cast but we'll see um i think he's gonna take more of a wait and see approach and wait a little while before he makes a decision Not whole tampa bay completely hostage but he's gonna take a while and he's gonna process this you know kind of like you know lebron james or kevin durant do when they hit free agency they're gonna they take a little while then they make a decision so so we'll see we'll see but i think i, I my gut feeling right now tells me that brady will be back with the buccaneers and the roster will be retooled. That's, that's all I'll say. Um, but they definitely miss Chris Godwin. Though. He's probably the most important player on the offense, in my opinion. Uh, let's move on to the best game that uh, I've ever seen. My pops, who was 57 years old, he said that was the best game that he ever seen. So that really, really sets a lot, man. We had the Chiefs, 42-36. to 36. That game, he had a college vibe, you know, especially in the second half. First half, you know, I mean... You know it was kind of what we expected tie game half, 14 or 14 but the second half is where we really saw you know just something spectacular man but i do want to shout out gabriel davis who was able to ball i know the chiefs ran a lot of double coverage to kind of take stefan diggs out of the game pretty much but josh allen and gabriel davis were making those guys pay for that as he had four touchdowns one two three four touchdowns and over 200 yards man he was, he was absolutely spectacular but You know, the criticism is really going to come from the Bills and head coach Sean McDermott. You know, do you squib it? Do you tell your kicker to like kick it like kind of short? Like, try to pin them on the one with the short kick? Like, make them return the ball at the one so they have no other choice? It's it's tough. It's tricky. Um, I probably would have squibbed it, but I think Andy Reid would have came up with something. You know, I heard a gambling show I was talking about. They were saying, like, do you, like, intensely foul? Like, do you, like, do you get, like, a pass interference call? I mean, not a pass interference, but, you know, where you could. I guess, yeah, I guess what. No, it would be um, a defensive holding, where, like, we try to get consecutive uh, defensive holding penalties and not let them, like, move the ball as, as quick as they did, because they got down the field in just a couple of plays and were able to set up shop for a field goal before overtime. Um, and as we saw, a lot of people say, you know, Josh Allen lost just because of a coin flip. And I don't disagree. That was one of those games where if you bet, you you just pick a side. And if you lost, you hold the L. I picked the side and I was on the Chiefs. <laughs> Not trying to brag a too much horn, but I did. I did. You know, that's what happened. 42 uh, 36, final score. Let's jump into these conference championship games, man. Sunday, January 30th, 3 p.m we have the cincinnati Bengals traveling to arrowhead to take on the kansas city chiefs here we go i personally like the chiefs man for you gamblers i'll do the spread of seven um the over under is set at 54 and a half i'm gonna start with me man <laughs> i'm saying I'm start with me like it's not just me here <laughs> got that from my guy mark p shout out to him man. meticulous mark p that's my guy but I just think the Chiefs are going to get some get back, man. I think, you know, Andy Reid and the Chiefs coaching staff is smart enough to look at the film and realize what went wrong in that last game and fix it, fix it. Now, first thing you got to do is fix Jamar Chase and not let him get 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns. That would be the first order of business if I was the head coach in the Kansas City Chiefs, if I was Andy Reid, but he's smart. He's very smarter than me, especially when it comes to football. So I think he'll address that. Um, you gotta be able to slow this Bengals offense down. It's been able to been to be slowed down in the past couple of weeks um leading up to this game. So if you could do that, like like I said, Bengals scored 19 points last week. <laughs> you cannot have beaten Kansas City doing that. Um, but I think the Chiefs are gonna get some revenge, they're gonna get some get back. I mean they lost, they lost Cincinnati, and you know they were laying three and a half points on the road. Um, my guy Rome says that three and a half on the road doesn't cover. I'm not interested in land seven points on either side seven. I'm not interested in catching it either. Um, my guy, wrong. Did say he liked the Chiefs team total over. So we'll see how that goes. Um, next we have, we have the, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got the 49ers and the Rams for a third time this year. So For the third time this year, we got the 49ers and the Rams. Now, it's been well documented that Kyle Shanahan and these 49ers simply just have the Rams number. They have Sean McVay in the Rams number. As you all know, or as many of you should know, that these two were on the same staff many years ago in Washington. And it's it's crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's crazy. So, I'm not trying to be a homer here. But I think that the Rams will finally get over the hump. And we'll beat the 49ers. I mean, if you look at the last game, they had them for half. They had these guys for half. They could have easily. I'm not saying easily, but they they had they had these guys beat 17-3 a half. And they could have won. And they could have ended these guys' playoff hopes. And avoided this situation altogether, but here we are. So I think, and that was Sean McVay's first time losing while having a lead at halftime, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I think the Rams. I just I feel like this is their year, man. I've always kind of felt like this. You know, I know when they got a bunch of moving parts like Von Miller Odell Beckham, it just takes time. It just takes time to jail, and they were able to finally jail at the right time. You know, if you if you want to play your best football the time is now um on the 49ers side they're playing some pretty good football as well you know coming in as a wild card um beating the cowboys who many team many people thought myself included would make you know at least somewhat of a run at least at least win a round or two but they they were able to beat them and play their style of style of football they also beat the packers it was an ugly game um it was looking really really grim for the 49ers and they were able to muster up a win against Aaron Rodgers like I said I thought the Packers were a team that could potentially make the Super Bowl I guess I fell for that trap again but the 49ers just seem to have this guy's number so I think it's going to be a good game man you know this is the second the third time these two teams are matched up I'm, I'm looking for a more lower scoring game this time you know these two teams and coaches obviously know each other's tendencies. So it's probably going to be, you know, whoever establishes the run, whoever tries to do that and probably going to be a chess match, not even probably. It's going to be a chess match and I'm excited, though. I'm really, really excited because this is a wonderful time of year. Not even trying to sound like talking about Christmas, but this is this is one of those amazing times of the year Uh, for you gamers out there. The Rams are currently favored by three and a half. And then you have the Chiefs favored by seven against the Bengals. But I think the Rams and Chiefs game will probably be the lower scoring affair of the two. And Vegas thinks so as well with the two over-unders. But I'm excited. I'm really, really excited, man. And I'll probably be watching these games with my family. First game is at 3 p.m. Eastern. Second game at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. First game is on CBS. Second game is on Fox. Um, Let's talk about these head coaching vacancies. Well, the jobs. I'm sorry. The jobs that were filled. So... We got nathaniel hackett who got the denver broncos job and just wanted to you know read and tell you guys a little bit about his track record and you know some of the things that he's done so he's been around for a while too especially in the nfl ranks. so back in 2006 2007 that's when he first joined the nfl as a quality control officer offensive quality control guy with the buccaneers um but you know his more recent work with offensive coordinator and qb coach comes in 2013-2014 with the Bills he's the QB coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars back in 2015-2016 then became the offensive coordinator from 2016 and 2018 and then was the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator the last couple of years Um, he's been around he's been around he hasn't had a ton of stuff to work with including including um, you know Blake Bortles was the QB when he was with Jacksonville so that says a lot and you know they even got to the afc championship i know they were more so led by their defense but blake Bortles still had to be a game manager and you know he still had to make certain plays um, for that offense to hold up on their end of the bargain and he did he did a nice job with that he was also when he was with the bills he was the offensive coordinator of ej manual <laughs> think about that ej manual he's on tv now but he was able to, to do a little bit of things with that and was able to get that offense moving a little bit. Um, but now, you know, he, he right as of right now, he inherits a situation um, with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the Broncos are going to try to swing for the fences and try to acquire Aaron Rodgers. I definitely think that's on the table. But I've said for a long time, not really a long time But Offensive coaches Are the way to go And if you do elect to hire A defensive coordinator I mean sorry A defensive coach As your head coach He better be He better have a damn good Offensive coordinator You know what I'm saying Excuse me You know what I'm saying So Like Ron Rivera He's a great defensive coach Defensive minded coach But he has Scott Turner And the jury's kind of Still out on him As As a um as a good offensive coordinator I don't really know about that Um, the Chargers Brandon Staley he has Joe Lombardi as an offensive coordinator and I mean he looks good he looks good like, I think I think he's doing you know wonderful things with Justin Herbert so like I said when you hire a defensive coach because Brandon Staley is obviously a defensive coach You better have, you better have a really good offensive coordinator and that's just what I truly believe or else you'll end up in, you know, certain situations, man, like the Boston football team. So Nathaniel Hackett is now the new head coach of the Denver Broncos and let's read some, let's read some quick numbers on him real quick. So Nathaniel Hackett, during the last two seasons, his offenses have ranked in the top 10 in points per game, yards per game, passing yards per game, and fewest giveaways. If I had to play devil's advocate, I would say he had Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the NFL for 13 years, eight seasons as an NFL offensive coordinator. Since 2017, he's worked with five players who combined for 20 Pro Bowl selections and eight AP All-Pro honors. So that is some information on Nathaniel Hackett. Let's move on. And let's talk about what the Giants just did last night, because that just happened. So, the Giants hired Brian Dable and uh, offensive coordinator for the Bills. I think that's a sharp hire. Like I said, I'm always, I'm always pro teams that hire offensive guy as their coach. And you know, if you look at what the Bills just did, <laughs> I, I would probably hire Brian Dable too. But they had, they had Joe Judge, which was a bit of a mess, a huge mess. And, you know, he said things like, like more recently, he said things he was trying to put the Washington football team down and he said bad things about Ron Rivera. And he said things um, like, we don't, we don't have people, we don't have uh, players on our team trying to get into fights. And what happened? washington football team took this team to smack city um i know there were a lot of things kind of working against joe judge but it was just his time to go it it really was i mean you know saquon barkley was often hurt um offensive line wasn't good um and it's not all of his fault it's not all of his fault you know (laughs) they had they had dave gettleman who was not a good gm i don't (laughs) he basically got hired by the giants and pretty much sabotaged them you know that kenny Galladay signing looks like a really bad <laughs> really bad signing but we'll see man brian Dable, i think he can do some things let's go ahead and get into his track record as i like to do so he was an offensive coordinator he's been in the nfl since 2000 he was on the patriots staff back in 2000 and he was with the Patriots staff pretty much from 2000 to 2006 2006 in a couple of different roles Including defensive assistant and wide receivers coach Was the QB coach for the Jets in 2007 2008 Offensive coordinator for the Browns in 2009 2010 He was the Dolphins offensive coordinator in 2011 the Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2012 Patriots tight end coach 2013 2016 Alabama's offensive coordinator in 2017 And the Bills offensive coordinator in the last three years, so I just first want to give this guy credit because he has been crucial to the development of Josh Allen. Many people didn't think Josh Allen would be what he is right now, myself included. A lot of people thought he could potentially be a bust. I didn't go that far, but I just, I just didn't know. He went to Wyoming. So I I just really didn't know like, (laughs) and I knew he had a big, strong arm. I knew he was mobile, but I, I didn't know, man, I thought he was incredibly raw, but you know, I got to give credit to Brian Dable, who has been having this guy look pretty pretty damn good. Um, I guess the plan is for the Giants to keep Daniel Jones. But I think he could help. Now, obviously, he's going to need some weapons. He doesn't have a Stefan Diggs on the roster. Um, but, I mean, like I said, Kenny Galladay on a good day. When he's healthy, he's all right. You got Kadarius Tony, who I'm impressed with. Um, you got... Yeah, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. I don't know uh, about these guys. They have impending free agencies or not. But there's definitely pieces to work with. So their draft is going to be crucial. Their draft is going to be crucial. Giants defense also took a step back last year. I'm interested to see who he hires as a defensive coordinator. And I'm also curious to see who he hires as offensive coordinator. And will he still call plays when he does that? So. QB coach. I'm also looking to see what they do, and like like the draft. Like I said the draft. I'm looking to see what they do in the draft, and players that he brings in, and let's go, and how he fills out the entire coaching staff. But I I, I like I like the hire. I'm not gonna lie, man. As a person like Washington, I I <laughs> that hire makes me mad. So. Let's get into another uh, head coach and hire and that is Matt Eberflus who was hired by the Chicago Chicago Bears and he was the defensive coordinator and most recently he was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts which was a very very outstanding defense this past year and they've been a pretty good defense especially since they got rid of Chuck Pagano. So, Defense has been stout with the coach. You know they had some studs, man. You know having guys like Darius Leonard and having guys like DeForest Buckner will really, really help turn your team around, turn your defense around. But they also had some, you know, other pieces as well. But you know, like underrated type of guys as well. But I like, I like the hire. But I did the same thing. You know, as I mentioned earlier, when you hire a defensive-minded coach. You better, better, absolutely hire an a good offensive coordinator. You have a situation here where you have Justin Fields, who the Bears elected to draft last year, and we're gonna see who he gets to work with, you know, this upcoming season. Because for what, let's let's just call it what it is. Matt Nagy, I don't know if he wanted the guy or not. I think could have potentially been a Jay Gruden situation where Jay Gruden was unhappy that the Washington football team elected to go with uh, drafting a quarterback when he was coaching for his job and I think that could have potentially been the same same type of situation because it was weird like one week it was Fields, one week it was Andy Dalton, one week it was Nick Foles starting, like it was it was a mess and I don't think that Justin Fields got that much of a fair shot I know he did get a little banged up, had a rib injury, but I think he had COVID. So he's going to need an offensive coordinator that is willing to work with him and not necessarily tailored completely to his strengths, but just somebody that believes in him and, you know, just wants the Bears' offense to succeed. And obviously, you know, I will hope that's what they want. So we'll see. But I, w- I really want to see who he names as his offensive coordinator. But let's talk about Mike Eberflus, man. He's been in the league for a while. Um, Pretty much spent his whole coaching career coaching college and spent uh, many of years at Toledo, spent from 1992 to 2000 in various different roles with Toledo, then coached at Missouri as their defensive coordinator, joined the NFL ranks as a linebackers coach from 2009 to 2010 with the Cleveland Browns, was the Cowboys linebackers coach from 2011 to 2015, was the Cowboys linebackers coach and passing game coordinator from 2016 to 2017, and he was with the coach from 2018 to 2021. So, Mike Eberflus. I, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I like all these hires, but it they, these hires are contingent on what these guys do because I, I like that these guys are getting a fair shot, getting their first time uh, first time gigs as head coach. So we'll see how these things turn out um, let's move on I want to talk to Sean Payton who stepped down as the Saints coach and I'm not going to lie he got out of there at the right time and here's why so the Saints offense they first of all the Saints is a whole struggle last year defense was sound and good in some spots but when I look at the Saints you know they had they really said we're gonna go out there with Jameis winston and Taysom hill and then they even had to go out there with trevor simeon it got so bad according to you know many reports that sean payton wanted to bring back drew Brees. now <laughs> that says a lot because drew Brees was god-awful last year and it's like he he really he really started to regress the last couple of years of his career now, he couldn't throw deep I mean obviously he knew his offense He could run his offense But he just wasn't the Drew Brees That you know Became a future Hall of Famer You know what I'm saying Um, But it it got that bad to where Sean Payton He wanted He wanted Drew Brees back in there Sean Payton He spent He was with the Saints from 2006 Up into 2011 Stepped away a little bit Came back 2013-2021 He's been pretty much synonymous with the Saints And when we think about the Saints We think about Sean Payton, you know, he, he has a, he's a part of, um, a good coaching tree. He has a bunch of coaches under him. Not a bunch, but the parents of his coaching tree include Jim Fossil, Bill Parcells, and Ray Rose. Under him, Dennis Allen, Dan Campbell, Mark Tresman and Doug Marone come from his coaching tree. You know, Sean Payton finishes with an 11-11, 11-11 playoff record, one percentage of 57%, and a playoff win percentage, as I just mentioned, of fifty percent. Spent twenty-four years as a whole coaching, and obviously we know he won the Super Bowl with the Saints. Um, when was that back in? When was that Super Bowl? Back in two thousand and ten. So he was there for a lot of the things, that, you know, that went crazy, you know, in New Orleans. We all know about Hurricane Katrina. Um, he was there, man. He took a chance on Drew Brees um, after, you know, guys from the Chargers said Drew Brees would probably be done. Um, the Dolphins didn't want to touch Drew Brees. And just a magnificent coach, man. Just a magnificent coach. And he's stepping away from the game. Uh, you know, he might get into broadcasting, might get into TV, uh, you know, as an analyst. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of retirement, we have Ben Rothersberger retired this week and he played I didn't even realize it was that long but he played 18 seasons for the Steelers it's crazy he was in the league since 2004 when I was a kid when I was in elementary school and you know he played in the league for so long but I've been saying for a while he's done he's done for Ben Roethlisberger he leaves behind a lot of great things because I know he was bad the last couple of years you know he had to pull some, some stuff out out of nowhere but he has a nice resume for his career, you know, was the rookie of the year 2004, won a couple of Super Bowls. I know he was kind of just like the game manager, you know, make some throws here, make some throws there. Our defense is going to carry us. Um, he did have that magnificent touchdown throw to Santonio San Holmes um, back in the 2009 Super Bowl against the Cardinals. That was one hell of a Super Bowl. That was one of those Super Bowls where I like vividly remember watching. It was it was such a hell of a game. I know you guys remember the James Harrison um interception return for a touchdown. That game was crazy. That game was really, really crazy. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger also was a six-time pro bowler, led the league in passing yards 2014 and 2018, was the MB was the Mac MVP in college, Mac offensive player of the year. He was really nice at um Miami of Ohio. And he finishes his career with, I'm not even going to be passing attempts, but <laughs> completion percentage of 64% through 418 touchdowns, 64,000, over 64,000 passing yards and a passer rating of 93.5. So fantastic career from Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he, was, he was good for a number of years. Obviously, they... Never got over that hump like the last like decade or so. You know and they had some really really talented teams. You know you had Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Most recently, you know you had Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. But it just never really worked out. They kind of you know just ran into the Patriots or something, <laughs> and and that's pretty much what it was. So the Steelers, I'll always remember Ben Roethlisberger is a good quarterback for the Steelers, Hall of Fame. Eh, probably so but you know the steelers they were good for a long time under big ben and very very competitive but you also got to give that credit to mike tomlin who always had a winning above 500 record in his coaching tenure so a lot of that credit has to go to him as well let's move on and let's talk about these other coaching vacancies right now because we still got some that are still open so we have the Vikings job, we have the Jaguars job. We have the Dolphins job. We have the Saints job and I don't know if I said the Texans job. But we got that job open too. <laughs> we got that job. And the Raiders, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do either. Cause um I don't know. But I'm interested to see C- who gets these jobs? I know Byron Leftwich got an interview with the Jaguars. I know Todd Bowles got an interview. Kellen Moore received the second interview. Um, Dan Quinn must have really wanted that Broncos job because after that, he signed a a multi-year deal to rejoin the Cowboys coaching staff. And we're gonna see, but <laughs> I. Uh, we we me be been talk about it last time, but I, I think the Texan job is the worst job, man. But I I really want somebody to hire Brian Flores, man. Me and my dad were talking about this yesterday. Uh, Brian Flores, he deserves another shot. Um be enemy not getting interviewed is kind of mind-boggling. And I don't really understand. So we'll see what happens with that and yeah but this is, those are the coaching vacancies that are still open probably have at least one field by next week and we'll talk about it uh let's move on to the nba because it's been a minute since i have talked nba it's definitely been <laughs> it's definitely been a while but uh, i'm gonna just go through <clears throat> how do i want to do this i guess i can go through the top 10 teams in each conference and you know, it's, been, it's a good episode, man. Uh, it's been a minute since I've done one of these, like episodes past 30 minutes. But we got the Miami Heat leading the East. I gave out I gave out their their win total over. I did, I did. I know you guys remember that, man. I think it was at 48 and a half. Um, these guys are certain right now, 32 and 17. And they had a lot of players out for a different length of time. Jimmy Butler missed some games, Bam Adebayo missed some games, Tyler Hero missed some games, Duncan Robinson. Think he missed a couple of games too um but they've been winning Kyle Lowry as well they've been winning 32 and 17 in the east very very impressive I'm not surprised that they're in this spot right now second place Chicago Bulls 30 and 18 DeMar DeRozan has been outstanding Zach Levine as well I know Lonzo Ball was good he's not hurt but DeMar DeRozan is an MVP candidate I don't think he'll win the MVP but he has been absolutely balling and I always said and here's the thing with a lot of different players a change of scenery really, really helps. Like Demar Derozan was on the Spurs, and we—and I say we—because well, I didn't forget about them, but a lot of people kind of—he kind of, you know, you know, when you're in the West, the West is loaded, especially you know at the guard slash forward position. Well, at least when Demar Derozan was there, because James Harden was still in the West. You know, you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Spurs weren't good, you know. <laughs> so you can kind of get lost in that shuffle and DeMar DeRozan kind of got lost in that shuffle especially because the Spurs were not good and now he's in the East he's on a team that I thought I don't think they'd be this good but I thought they could definitely you know make the playoffs and but they have an abundance of talent like I said Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso um uh, Nikola Vucevic they just have pieces that fit I think Billy Donovan has done a fine job, but DeMar DeRozan has been absolutely balling. He has been balling, averaging 26 26.5 points per game. Zach Levine right behind him, averaging 25. Uh, he's been killing it. He, he's been killing it. Uh, you know, really, really dominating the game in the mid-range area. Mid-range king. He's one of the best mid-range shooters in the, in the league. You know, he's up there with Chris Paul. Uh, Devin Booker has a nice mid-range. I feel like I'm forgetting one more person. But, yeah. One of the kings of the mid-range. The third seed, pleasant surprise, and I thought this team would fall off right by now. But we got the Cleveland Cavaliers who are 30 and 19. 30 and 19, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've been playing really, really well. Um I I really <laughs> I don't know what to make of it because I thought, like, alright, this team's gonna fall off. They're gonna hit, they're gonna um you know, they're going to, like, the, the, the jig is up. You know what I'm saying? Like, the run is over. I thought it was going to happen. It hasn't happened. So, I got to give a credit to J.B. Bickerstaff, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's going say Cleveland Brown. I was so close to saying it. <laughs> but, you look at this team. It doesn't have a ton of household names. But, the pieces on the roster just seem to work really well. Darius Garland, I think he'll be named a first-time All-Star. Jared Allen. Larry Markin and Kevin Love is has found some new life. You know, we saw Kevin Love really, really frustrated with the Cavs last year. He was angry. He was angry, you know. You know, that Colin Colin Sexton fiasco. He was pretty, pretty angry and he looked to be mentally checked out. And he was frustrated, man, with losing, obviously, you know. I mean, it's not act like Kevin Love was always a winner. Guy was a loser in Minnesota. But no, it's just, that's the point. Um, Evan Mobley, who who was going to be uh um, possibly, possibly win rookie of the year. Um, Ricky Rubio, he got hurt, but he was balling when he was playing. You know, Sadie Osman, Isaac Okoro, who they drafted. Um, Rajon Ronda, they picked him up via trade with the Lakers. They got a bunch of pieces that just seem to work. I don't know what it is. Like I said, I really, really want to give credit to Coach J.B. Bickerstaff. And I, I think I got to treat myself and watch a Cavs game because I haven't really watched them uh but i i I gotta see like why these guys nice you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to take anything from them but they're smacking teams up you know what i'm saying they beat the nets they beat the they smacked the bucks up the other night like i gotta see what it is i really really want to see next next team fourth place the milwaukee bucks sitting in fourth place right now 31 and 20 i don't know the bucks usually like the one seed they usually running it last year they didn't but like I think they finally understand, like, we already got a championship, let's just pace ourselves and get to the playoffs because nobody really wants these troubles, nobody really wants to smoke in a seven game series. And I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I kind of agree. You know, you got Giannis, you got Chris Middleton, you got Drew Holliday. that's their big three. But Bobby Portis has been playing even better than he was last year. Um, you got Grayson Allen, dirty player, but you know, he's been shooting the lights out, still got Pat Connaughton. Um, brooke lopez will be back soon you got Divincenzo, george hill rodney Hood. just got a lot of the pieces from last year but they're still they're still haven't taken a significant step back and as i say that you know they're only two games behind the miami heat in the one seed there's only a two-game difference between the four teams i already mentioned so far um but the bucks you know they're just kind of business as usual for them i'm not really surprised that they're Their record is what it is. You know, they'll they'll be right in the thick of things. They'll get home court and at least a round of the playoffs. And yeah, I, I don't want those problems with a team like this, a proven team in a seven game series. The fifth seed is the Brooklyn Nets, who are only a half game behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's been, it's been weird. It's been weird, and here's why. Kevin Durant is absolutely balling, and he is now injured he's gonna be out He's gonna miss another all-star game kind of sucks I like seeing him on that stage you know pickup game type of vibe um you also got James Harden and there's been you know rumors saying that he's frustrated and you got Kyrie Irving who's a part-time player playing in role games and it's rough <laughs> it's it's not rough in the sense of like damn these guys aren't gonna make the playoffs but I, I don't know if these guys are gonna make the NBA finals I mean, it's, it's, you know, you know, when you when you got a collection of talent like that, you know, they'll probably, you know, be a force, but, you know, with this Kyrie Irving part-time player thing, it's a little frustrating, man. I, I, James Harden, it has been reports that he's frustrated, and I, I, I said this early on in the season, if things don't go right, James Harden's going to be on a different team next year because he's a free agent, so we'll see, but, you know, they're only two and a half games behind first, so <laughs> it's crazy to say. And then we got behind them. We got the Sixers, who have the same exact record as them twenty nine and nineteen. They are currently the sixth seed out East. And Joel Embiid is looking like the MVP of the of the league. Man, he's been he's been ridiculous, averaging almost thirty. The guy was averaging well over thirty for the last month or so. Man, he's looking like the MVP of the league. I like Joel Embiid, man, because guys like Shaquille O'Neal and guys when you know inside the NBA would get on him. He kind of took that criticism and has just been balling, and I can only respect that because he's really been balling. You know, had a had a fifty burger, had a couple of forty balls, thirty balls. He's been freaking unstoppable, man. He's been balling, bro. So shout out to Joel and B. Uh, I know they've had that Ben Simmons cloud floating over their team for a while, and you know that has to have been rough too. That has to have been rough too. Um, but you got Tobias Harris Been playing better as of late Tyrese Maxey has been good this year um, Seth Curry uh, Shout out to the Sixers man uh, they, They've been hanging in there Probably right around where I thought they would be And they're currently the sixth seed Like I said only two and a half games out of first It's wild It's really really wild Of the gap difference between these teams Seventh seed the Charlotte Hornets Been a pleasant surprise here Um, Well not, not Not a crazy surprise, but I don't know. They've been balling. I watched a couple of their games, and I like watching them play. Miles Bridges leads his team in scoring. You got LaMelo Ball right behind him. Terry Rozier right behind him. Gordon Hayward right behind him. Kelly Obey right behind him. Literally, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. That is the points-per-game hierarchy with this Hornets team. I like them, though. they, They got a bunch of players that I like. I, you guys already know how I feel about Lamelo Ball, Miles Bridges. I like him a lot. Kelly Oubre. I like him since he was in D.C. Gordon Hayward. He's cool. <laughs> um, but I just like this roster. I just, I, I just do. I, 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 don't know what it is, bro. I like their team, their young team. Um, James Borrego is their coach, and they've been balling, man. They got, they can beat. I think they can beat any team on any on any given night. Now, obviously, when you get to the playoffs. That changes a lot, you know. It's a seven-game series, but it'll be nice to see the Buzz City back in the playoffs. Um, next game, my well, next team, Boston Celtics. Currently the eight seed, been kind of underachievement, twenty-five and twenty-five. Still got the talented duo of Tatum and Brown, but I'm just waiting for it to completely click. And I don't know, I don't know what's that gonna take, but they've been underwhelming as far as teams to. Like they should there's no reason they shouldn't be where the Cavs are. There's really no reason for that. I know they've had, you know, injuries, COVID. So is the rest of the league. So I I really don't know what to make of the Celtics. Now you see the Raptors, kinda right where I thought they would be. They don't have a superstar on this team. They got a bunch of guys who who can give you, you know. They can, they got a couple of guys that can get 30 on a given night. Frame league can give you 40. Um But it's just it's just a, I don't want to say it's weird, but it's just you just don't got enough. I mean, you got Frey Van Bleet, you got Pascal Siakam, OG and Gary Trent Jr., who I like a lot. Scotty Barnes been an impressive rookie. Um, Chris Boucher, um, they got guys. I mean, they got guys. It's just it's just it's just a, a team full of guys. That's how I classify them match. Um, next team, the Washington Wizards, a team the, the that has taken a gigantic Washington. step back from where they were. Starting off the season, their season win total is going to cash, but as far as the team making the playoffs, I'm having my doubts. I'm having my doubts. It was fun while it lasted. I'll say that, but I still like their team. Blowing that 35-point lead is still inexcusable. I still like their team, though. Bradley, Bill Kowals, Kuzman, Montrez, Harold, Denwitty, KCP, P, Gafford, Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Abdia. I've compared this team to like, you know, those Nuggets teams where they didn't really have a star. Like it was like kind of led by like Ty Lawson and a bunch of guys. I know, you know, a couple of years in there, they had Iguodala in there, but they just had just had a bunch of dudes like Wilson Chandler, Gallinari. It, it kind of reminds me of that team just a tad worse because still something is still yet to click. But I mean, this is more of a star driven league now than it once was. So, you know, the regression was the regression was kind of predictable That I'll use that word behind them you got the Hawks behind them you got the Knicks um, East has been good this year it's been really really good we'll see how it shakes up um after the All-Star break moving on to the West the Phoenix Suns dominating again once again for the second straight regular season <laughs> I know they made the NBA Finals but you know I, you know, I got my thoughts on that my views but sons 39 and 9 um they've been balling devin booker chris paul kind of business as usual um they've had a lot of contributions from guys like javel mcgee lately bismack Biombo, um because deandre aiden has been a little banged up um jalen smith aka sticks he had a nice little stretch um they just they just play good team balls <laughs> nothing really to take away from it um so Shout out to the Suns, man. 39-9. Second place, the Golden State Warriors, 36-13. and They've been balling. Kind of been regressing a little bit. Um, but over the past week, they won a couple of games. But Steph Curry's kind of been in a little slump. He hit five threes the other night, though. So he's probably about to break out of that. Klay Thompson is back. He hit five threes the other night. He's getting back to his. So um, the Warriors, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But not without Draymond Green. I think they really, really need him because he makes things easier for everybody on the court. He does a lot of things that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. So that's how I feel about Draymond Green and the Warriors. Um, Next team, a team I've been really, really impressed with, and they actually have my MVP, and that is John Morant. The Memphis Grizzlies are 34-17, and 17, and they've been playing good ball. Been really balling. Uh, John Morant's taking a, another uh, leap. He's taken another step in his development, averaging 26 points per game, 25.9 to be exact, seven assists, um, six rebounds as well, leads the league in points in the paint. He's been a freaking beast. He is, everything is advertised. He's been balling. Um, you got all, other guys that have been contributing like Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain. Um, if it wasn't for John Moran, he would be a candidate for, um, I mean, he still is, but John Moran's is going to run away with most improved player of the year. Um got jaron jackson triple j uh brandon clark has contributed in some in some games you know they just got a bunch of guys and i think they need all of these guys though to play so that they can become the best version of the team any all these guys healthy at one at one at one point because you know when they hit that slide they were losing some guys but uh they want to well 11 game win streak at one point so shout out to the grizzlies like i said john moran will be my mvp right now though Joel and b would be second next we got the utah jazz 30 and 20 Kind of hitting some regression, I guess, um, because they kind of took the league by storm last year, especially in the regular season, just annihilating teams, smacking teams up. I know Donovan Mitchell has been out um, for a little while. Um, He had a concussion. A couple other things going on with him. Rudy Gobert, he just got back not too long ago. Uh, This regression is kind of what I expected, but I mean... They're, they're still going to be like an annoyance for the rest of the league, for rest of the year. And I guess you could say for the rest of the West too. Um, the Jazz are still a good team though. I always like Quinn Snyder, their head coach. And yeah, Jazz, fourth seed right now. The fifth seed currently, the Dallas Mavericks. Listen, I know they're 28 and 21, but they've beaten some really, really good teams. You remember that um, Grizzly streak they had? Who snapped it? The Mavericks. You remember that Bull streak that they had? Who snapped it? The Mavericks. Mavericks also beat Golden State. They, they, they've they, been good, man. They, they've been good. I know, you know, not all the time, but I like the Mavericks, man. I like Luka. I, I like this team, and I think Jason Kidd has done a fine job at coaching this team. So, shout-out to the Mavericks, who are currently the 5th seed. 6th seed would be the Denver Nuggets. Um, Jokic just kind of been doing his thing. Not even kind of. He's been, he's been doing his thing. He's And the problem is he just doesn't have enough around him, you know, mpj out jamal murray still out but Jokic is still Jokic, reigning mvp kind of what i expected from the nuggets they're, they're the 6e right now the clippers still hanging in there the 7th seed right now no pg no Kawhi. at least for right now it's looking like no problem um, reggie jackson has been balling luke canard has been playing well um all of their guys have just been playing well marcus morris luke canard they got the team as of right now It looks like the Wizards team, except that's how it It looks like the Wizards team. They don't got Bradley Bill, but everybody else can definitely like the players I just mentioned are definitely capable of putting 20. Some of them can can definitely, you know, get 25, 30. Um, But the Clippers are hanging right there at the 7th seed. The 8th seed right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I like this team. The thing is, they need all three of their guys healthy. They're three top guys. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. They need those guys healthy. They need all those guys to stay healthy because they're talented. They can give you a run for your money. They don't play a lick of defense, but they they, 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 will, score. <laughs> they, will, <laughs> they will score. They will score. They will score a lot of points. Um, and, I like, and I like this team. I, I like this team a lot, man. They got some nice pieces. And yeah, I really like those three P's. They gotta all stay healthy, though. Shout out to Anthony Edwards, though. I like him, and I think Cat will be an all-star. Um, we'll see. Who's this? The ninth seed, the Los Angeles Lakers. Go ahead, get your jokes out. Go ahead and laugh at me while you're listening to this. The Lakers stink. Huh? Let me sit on my soapbox. <sighs> Being a Lakers fan is hard. Wasn't always this hard. At you know, one point of life, I was a happy Lakers fan. You know, 2015, 16, 17. I was happy. You know, what I'm saying we didn't have much, but we could win some games. Uh, this team is frustrating. Anthony Davis just came back. LeBron James has missed the last two games with knee shortness Russell Westbrook has been underwhelming, but I just feel like he's thinking too much. But I also just don't think the fit is, is is I don't I don't think the fit is natural, and I feel like we all knew that, but we're all seeing that, and we thought like, okay, you know, maybe things going to change, but you know, there's still time. There's still time. We all running out of time though. Trade deadline's almost here. All star break's almost here. If it has to click at some point, or somebody is going to go at the trade deadline, I don't know. It has to click. It has to really, really click. Something's got to give here. Um, LeBron though has been absolutely spectacular. Um, is on a, a, a streak of 18 games, average, I mean, scoring, scoring 25 points or more. He's been balling, but how long can he do this remains the question. I need these guys to, to get it together, for real, straight up. They got to get, get this together, get in the playoffs. No team wants these problems at seven. I'm sorry. I'm just leaving it at that. Behind them, Portland Trouble. Actually, I'm not even going to talk about them. Portland Trailblazers, we'll say shout out to Anthony Simons, though he's been balling. And... Before I go, (sighs) the other day, Wednesday, was the two year anniversary of the passing of the late Kobe, late great Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna and many others who were on the helicopter. Um, They were en route to a tournament that day Um, and I said this time and time again. I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get it. The world the world the world lost I know Vanessa Bryant and you know Kobe's daughters, they lost, you know, a husband, they lost their um, father. The world lost an icon. They lost a guy who, you know, was cerebral in his NBA career. But after his career was over, he was on to do these great things, won an Oscar, um, had a podcast, um, did ESPN detail, coached his daughter's team, and was still working out with players at his own center, the Mamba Academy, Mamba Sports Academy. And he was just giving back, giving out so much free game to knowledge to people wanted it because he was the same way when he came into the league. He was very inquisitive. You know, actually, a lot of great players, a lot of questions. Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, this stuff has been documented. Um, the world lost an iconic figure. They lost a great human being. No, you know, when he was playing, a lot of people couldn't stand the guy. You know, questioning shot selection, said he was arrogant, but he had to carry himself that way on that basketball court. I try to tell that to people all the time, but it's really tough for me. Um, I just don't get it. This is one of those things, like. I'm still kind of beefing with God on this one. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I just don't understand. I I never met him, and I'm not trying to sit up and say, "Oh, I wanted to meet." Of course, I wanted to meet him, but I, I wanted him on this earth still, you know. I guess for selfish reasons, but we lost an icon. I always talk about my favorite memories of Kobe Bryant, and I'll do it once again, you know. Um i once went to a wizards game back in the day this was when Shaq was still in the lakers and you know those little things that you um hit to distract the player while they're on the free throw line a little i don't know what they're called yeah i know what i'm talking about those blow up things that you hit together and they were playing the it's game obviously and kobe had just scored he had dunked or just scored i don't remember i was young It was, was like 2004 and the guy behind the guy in front of me turned around and said you true you you who he said you room for kobe i was like yeah you know i saying, yeah you know what i'm saying because he just had that impact like i when i was young i i just gravitated towards the guy that wore number eight had afro don't know what it was just what i grav- gravitated to and you know you could just tell when you watch him he's just different he he looked apart you know what i'm saying he stood out you know, like a sore thumb. He he was just different, man. He was just different the way he walked, the way he moved on the court. You know, he was the, I think he was the most polished player of all time. And he's my GOAT. I know a lot of people say, well, Jordan's the GOAT. My people. People that are my age. Millennials. We didn't see Michael Jordan. Like, let's, let's just stamp that. But we didn't see Michael Jordan, bro. I was born in 1995. Many of my peers born around the same time. We did not see Michael Jordan, bro. Our memories of Michael Jordan was when he was on the Wizards. Let's just call it what it is. I was three years old when Michael Jordan won his last championship. I didn't see the man play. I did see Kobe Bryant play, and I watched him many a times. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, one of my greatest memories was the, his last game in DC. Uh, I kind of I didn't beg my parents, but I like would hint to them like, oh, we gotta go, like. This could be his last thing and then he finally announced it we already had our tickets um before he announced that he was going to retire uh, so we got to see him you know his last season was rough his last season was rough but he did give us a 33 ball in that game and they did win lakers only won 17 games that year but that was one of their wins so <laughs> and that's those are a couple of my favorite memories of kobe because those are my in-person memories but you know obviously always watching them in the playoffs and stuff just watching them go to work Remember when the Lakers won the championship against the Magic? Me and my dad were at our old house, jumping up and down, celebrating in the basement. It was—it's tough. It's tough, man. But Kobe Bryant, I miss you, I love you. Uh, you know, to all the other people that lost a loved one and lost somebody in that tragic helicopter crash, you know, my thoughts and prayers are still with you guys. And that is it. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry. I'm signing out, man. It's been a long episode, but you guys definitely deserved it. And episode number 186 is done. Peace. I love you guys.